Welcome to Your Own Words, a podcast that celebrates the love of reading with real people and real books, both critically acclaimed and slated. Listeners are encouraged to read along and join the journey through the libraries of friends newly discovered. This podcast may contain spoilers, feminist rants, curse words and mispronunciations of names, cities and more. Here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> we've done a classic faux pas, which, to be fair, we, 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 I, there we go, have done one of the things that is every podcaster's nightmare. Um, which, to be fair, I have heard all Killanophila start an episode with a similar uh, oh, fuck this moment. <laughs> uh, we basically recorded an entire intro and then um, we found out that my my microphone was not on <laughs> and my entire side of the conversation was not recorded. So the reason this has happened is because this is the first time we have ever tried recording the podcast uh, in the time of coronavirus, which means this is the first time we've ever not been in the same room and we are recording separate halves of this conversation. Um, it's very weird. It's very strange. It's weird. We're not used to not being together and doubles the chances of fucking up (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a really odd way of doing things so we're gonna give it a shot our guest is also dialing in so we've never had i've never had a three person call before (laughs) we have no idea how this is gonna go but hopefully if you are hearing this it means that we've succeeded so hooray for us in the future if you're just hearing my side then it's because Half of us have succeeded. <laughs> I'm just gonna really. I'm just gonna say fuck it and be like, here's the episode. It's just Beth talking to herself. It is really weird, but this is like the planet at the moment. It's, yeah, I've had so many conversations with friends who are like, I wanna, I, I can't, I, I want to see you, but I can't see you. But what if we like cycle along the same road but a distance? Does that count as isolation? <laughs> Dude, we're just going to have to wait. <laughs> well, you know what my company did last night? Um, it was actually amazing. We did a pub quiz via Google Hangouts. Um, and so it was basically, we all dialed in. There were 45 teams. When we tallied it up, apparently there was about 200 people. That's like, cool. you know, people's whole families were their teams yeah. or whatever. Like me and my flatmates, my, our downstairs neighbor came up. And so we were all doing this quiz together. And by the end of it, like we were all getting so stir crazy. People just like basically one of my colleagues, Laura. Hi, Laura Cannon. Um, suddenly, because basically the way Google Hangouts works, if you're unmuted, it'll like this, they'll show up on the screen if they're talking. So, you know, you'll get just random people kind of popping up. Um, and with that many people, you, you know. Someone could be doing something and you don't see them and then suddenly they pop back up and basically she popped back up and she was wearing a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, can someone remind me what the symptoms of coronavirus are? And then we all lost our shit and then every time someone would flash up, there'd be people in like bike helmets, clown wigs, <laughs> like someone, ha- like her mom got a like weird alligator out at some point, like, and we were all just in absolute hysterics. It was literally like the most fun I've had, even in human life, like outdoors <laughs> with people in the real world. It was so so fun so i honestly think we're we're finding new ways to like yeah. make this normal and also one of my friends had a google a, a date on like a first date over google <laughs> hangouts the other night that's which weird. i guess like i mean we're sitting here i can see you in the little yeah, image little in the corner and we're little... talking yeah it, it's yeah, a weird my, time guys my brother sent me an agenda for our meeting <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's very, it's a very official agenda of our meeting of all of our friends for our, our Zoom meeting. Um, minutes will be taken and distributed throughout the group in preparation for the next meeting to be held by the forwarding chair. Um, so yeah, people are <laughs> people are really loving this virtual life. I'm fine because I am not someone that likes people traditionally. <laughs> I am <laughs> definitely someone who is 
if I had the choice to just be on my own at home with my cats, then I will always take it. Yeah. So now I have a built it because, oh my God, I would love to come to your party, but unfortunately, Corona. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> introverts everywhere are so Rejoicing. happy right now because they don't have to make up excuses or feel bad. It's just like yeah. they are being decent human beings by not infecting people. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, well, I've been having to go to work still because. Uh, unfortunately when you're an office manager you're kind of like the the captain of the ship and you have to go down with it until the government says like please close your office (laughs) so there's nobody there but I'm still going in from time to time it'll be I was in all week this week but um obviously we're doing less hours because there's nobody there to take care of so we're we're doing a lot of remote working but uh, it's been really interesting and I've been like so excited about setting up my working from home desk, but I do imagine there'll be a point probably not too long from now. In fact, probably by the time this episode is out, yeah. where the novelty will have worn off and we'll be yeah. like crawling, you know, up the walls, like trying to yeah. figure out what to do. Yeah. I just really hope my flatmates and I can still get along at the end of this. <laughs> I mean, Caspian is already driving me insane, so it's going to be oh, hard... I love being with my dog. <laughs> I do love him. (laughs) Just sometimes when I'm trying to do something like walk whilst holding a cup of tea and he just thinks, oh, this is a good time to jump into my mother's arms and and try and kiss her face. And like, it's not a good time, Caspian. I've got one foot midair, the other on a step. I'm holding boiling water. You're a giant orange cat. I can't possibly catch you. Yeah. I'm just like panic checking that I'm still recording. <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, cool, shall that we? Was since gold. we've done it, yeah. <laughs> since we've done it once already, should we jump uh, jump right into talking about yeah. today's book and pretend like this is all new information? <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm just gonna do this for the second time. Um, but you got to keep that pep in in your step. Tell us about the author of today's book. <laughs> Uh, Marisha Pessel is an American author known for her novels, special topics in calamity physics, night film, and Neverworld Wake. She worked as a financial consultant at PricewaterhouseCoopers after graduating and wrote in her spare time. Following two failed attempts at novels, she began work on her third novel, 2006's Special Topics in Calamity Physics, which went on to become a New York Times bestseller and was translated into 30 languages. Night Film was then published in 2013 by Random House. It went on to be ranked sixth on the New York Times bestseller list. And the third published novel, Neverworld Wake, was published in 2018. She's also a musician and was credited as having played the French horn on the track The Power Of on the Pierce's third studio album. Nice. Oh yeah, and she also says some stuff. Here is uh, what Marisha says herself about um, writing. My favourite part of this job is the creation, building a universe from scratch, populating the planet with characters, landmarks and hidden tunnels. I used to plot out my books meticulously, but now I start with an evocative premise and see where it leads. I'm often asked to explain what my novels are about, but I find it difficult to answer. Writing is a meditation, a brutal trek through the wilderness, and a magic trick all at once. I love that quote. All right, so I will uh, once again (laughs) tell you (laughs) what this book is about in my fabulous movie phone voice. (laughs) Me, 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 me. (laughs) On a damp October night, beautiful young Ashley Cordova is found dead in an abandoned warehouse in Lower Manhattan. Though her death is ruled a suicide, veteran investigative journalist Scott McGrath suspects otherwise. As he probes the strange circumstances surrounding Ashley's life and death, McGrath comes face to face with the legacy of her father, the legendary reclusive cult horror film director Stanislas Cordova, a man who hasn't been seen in public for more than 30 years. For McGrath, Another death connected to this seemingly cursed family dynasty seems more than just a coincidence. Though much has been written about Cordova's dark and unsettling films, very little is known about the man himself. Driven by revenge, curiosity, and a need for the truth, McGrath, with the aid of two strangers, is drawn deeper and deeper into Cordova's eerie, hypnotic world. The last time he got close to exposing the director, McGrath lost his marriage and his career. This time, he might lose even more. Night Film, the gorgeously written, spellbinding new novel by the dazzlingly inventive Marisha Pessel, will hold you in suspense until you turn the final page. 
You did that last sentence better this time than the first time. Because I, I knew like, it was coming. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the listeners need to know that. All right. Now, of course, in all of this chaos, our poor guest has been waiting while we re-record our intro before we call her. Uh, so let's uh, let's get to it. Let's uh, introduce her and then let's get her on the phone because she's been waiting for us forever. Sorry, Claire. Um, today's guest is Claire Peterson. Claire is an elementary school teacher from Reno, Nevada. She has a bachelor's degree in education and is currently studying to become a librarian. When she's not teaching or studying, she's usually reading, listening to podcasts or playing video games badly. She collects graphic novels and is forever running out of space to store them. I know that feeling. <laughs> she also likes to collect vinyl and hang out with her cat, Poe, named after her first literary obsession. She is currently working on her first novel. Claire, come on down, slash in, <laughs> slash on, slash fucking Slash, hell, we're know. gonna pause this recording, figure <laughs> out how the hell to do a three-way Skype call, and uh, hopefully for you, it will sound seamless. All right, Claire, welcome to your own words. Thank you so much for joining us in this bizarre experimental episode. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here, metaphorically. With you guys. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a metaphorical <laughs> guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate. This is it. the new being here. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. <laughs> really awesome. So we will start off. Uh, we well, you're like another. We're getting such like awesome guests lately. You're another like literary person. <laughs> like the the last episode, we well, it won't be anyway. We did an episode just recently <laughs> with someone who works in publishing, and now you. So you're a teacher and you're a librarian. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think I think Beck has many questions <laughs> prepared for you. Yeah, I don't know That's how far fine. I'm allowed to go into my questions because they're going to get very specific around the Dewey Decimal System. Uh, so <laughs> Alison might shut me down quite early on. All right. <laughs> no, this is about books. <laughs> Sometimes I have to read it. Library stuff, honestly, whenever she's um, happy to talk about it. See, it's it's my thing. So uh, yeah. Any any questions I'm up for. Do you wanna do you wanna start or No, back, it's all you. Go for it. So I do you like bring the library home? I wanna know how your bookshelves are organized. Are you like purely do a decimal at home or do you go like oh. rebel without a course at home and you're like, yeah, the poetry <laughs> can go next to the sci-fi? Honestly, my bookshelves are always changing and that's I, but I love that though. My books right now are organized by color, <laughs> which is so bizarre, but it was so fun. So I have uh, just my own system. I have hardcovers, paperbacks, organized by books that I've read and books that I haven't read and then organized by color. It's, it's quite a system, but it works for me and um, I change it quite a bit. So it kind of just depends on how I feel at the time. Cool. Interesting. That's interesting. So you develop your own systems. Yeah, it just kind of depends on what works for me. Um, I've changed it quite a bit. I used to do, you know, author, genre, that kind of thing. But it just, I don't know, the color is so appealing to see your books organized by color. It's very aesthetic, I guess. And how <laughs> do the people at the library feel about that reckless uh, approach to book shelf oh, categorization gosh. do you like walk in and well, you're like no no <laughs> <laughs> all of the red books live over here now <laughs> so I'm not in the library yet I'm still in the classroom can we come on the day so that you first get there and you're like I have my own system for the yes. shelves <laughs> I know that you guys have been yes. doing this for literally I'm sure they would hundreds love that. of years <laughs> but I just I like to go with my gut <laughs> Uh, I did the color thing um, recently as well, and it's super satisfying. Yeah. It's like to do it and to like put it together is satisfying. But then I did find it like incredibly hard to like. I'd be like, oh, I want to read that book. What color was the spine of that yes. book? I don't know where it lives now, but it does look so amazing. But then I moved uh, moved into a new flat, and I I I didn't organize. <laughs> I just started throwing books on shelves. So now there's just books everywhere and I don't know what to, I'm gonna have to like I know. take them all out and do it again and yes. I, I don't know where to start so I'm just it's right now it's not organized I've done all. that before too scary. the last time I moved and it was so stressful I just had to take some time and figure everything out and the color stuff is is fun 
and I usually can remember the color of the book, which is super weird. <laughs> like, I think that book was blue, so it must be in the blue section. I don't know. <laughs> just weird. Yeah, but then when they trip you up because the, the cover mm-hmm. was one color, but the spine is a different yeah. color, it messes with your shit. It does. It's too much. It's These too much. These are the real life problems that we need to be sorting <laughs> through right now. <laughs> um, I... I'm quite um, organized with my shelves. I'm quite like, I have poetry section. I have fiction section. I have nonfiction section. I have a whole separate women's section, which is where things get a bit confused because I have fiction and poetry and memoir and all kind of different stuff in, in the women's area. And then I do have like, haven't read this yet shelf. Yes, I do the same. And I actually have a cart now. I I swear my apartment is like 85 to 90% books at this point it's but I have a cart ratio. that's like a to a to be read cart basically so do you wheel it around the house I can <gasps> that would be so I cool can. it's very satisfying <laughs> delivering that books to the kitchen and then like, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. for maybe like roll it beside the bathtub let's see <laughs> exactly. how long we can sit in here exactly <laughs> before works. my fingers are too pruny to turn the pages <laughs> it works it does <laughs> Um, so you are a teacher. Yes. What what uh, what age kids do you teach? Uh, second grade. So they are. Oh, they're babies. Yeah, seven and eight years old. That's my favorite age for teaching. They're great. They're really good at seven. Seven is a good age for teaching. Yes, they're so sweet. I love them. I'm kind of missing them right now, which is weird. Oh, of course. oh god, yeah. You have you have all your schools play all of our schools plays DS today. Yeah. yeah, we're on spring break right now. Um, so oh. this weekend, next week, but they've just recently told us we won't be back before April sixteenth. So wow. they're kind of pushing things a little. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen at this point. It's just kind yeah. of yeah. I mean, he does wait and see. Yeah, are there? So I'm trying to think of like seven and eight year olds. So what are they reading? Is there anything like interesting? Um. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of a strange age because they move in between, you know, like picture books and sort of beginning chapter books, yeah. which is kind of the point that they're at now, which is more fun for me. Uh, I do love picture books, but getting into like beginning chapter books is really fun. And we've read some really cute stuff this year. So they're, they're cute. They love, they love books, which comes from, I know comes a lot for me. So I'm happy to pass that along to them (laughs) you're that awesome teacher that starts sparks that love of reading I try to that's so I try that's so important yeah yeah I I do like that age is good though for um because there is that love of everything new and books give you know open to so many different worlds and like seven eight year olds are at that point where they're starting to have personalities but they're not cocky which is the nicest age because they're really open to exploring different worlds and they don't have that I'm not reading that that's boring I'm not they they just want to explore and that's really great especially if you love reading yourself it's such a playful place to be yeah they love books and I try to get them excited about reading as much as I can we had the book fair like a book fair before uh break and they were they were just thrilled all the time every day so so when you go to the library, which I assume you do, do you, I mean, it's weird because people don't use libraries as much as they used right. to. Do you still go to the library? You must, you must love I it. I do when I can. I, I use their online services a lot. So eBooks and things like that. Um, I'm always kind of a traditional, I've always been a traditional book person though, where I want to hold it uh, in yeah. my hands, but I will go to the library. There's, um, we have quite a few here that I that I love so whenever I can honestly Claire what is your what is the first section in the library that you go to is there like a is there like an order to that you're kind of perusing yeah I think so I usually go to uh the new book section if the library has one Uh, most of the libraries in my area have a new book section um but I I used to work for one of the libraries here locally close to me so I'm sort of familiar with how they operate um and if there's a staff recommendation section I tend to go there first and then if I can't find anything I sort of just dive into the fiction section and just sort of walk the stacks um I usually don't have a problem finding stuff (laughs) it's finding uh (laughs) the arms to carry it is the problem (laughs) um I need like a cart or a basket um 
but can't relate. Yeah. <laughs> can't relate at all. <laughs> I'm sure I know. <laughs> we are your people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> are, are you so, a, when you go around the library, are you a sort of judge judge a book by a cover type oh, or yeah. do you look yeah? Yes. Just like something is cool to you, do you think I'll just take that regardless of like it's just Absolutely. Hitting. But I also like to read like the first page. Uh, just to see if it will catch me and if it does I'll take it and if it doesn't I usually end up putting it back with I know is probably not the best way to find a book but yeah usually when I have 20 or so that I want to check out or buy <laughs> at the bookstore I need to kind of whittle it down a little bit so yeah. I'll usually check out the first page and if it doesn't catch me right off I'll just put it back I'm quite I, I like this this is I'm not well I'm not someone that will not get to the end of a book if I started it traditionally, but I do read a lot and I have a lot to read. And recently, if I was reading something the other day, it was only like 150 pages and I thought, I can bash you that, that's fine. And I was getting to like page 20 and I just wasn't, I just wasn't into it at all. And I was like flicking through like, I'm I'm just not into it. I'm just going to stop reading. And so I'm coming round to that thing of read the first page see if it grabs you because it's a waste of time <laughs> it's reading something that you're li- well, when you're, you're forcing yeah. yourself to get through just because you don't want to not finish the book and that's what I realized I was doing I was like come on it's only 130 more pages you can do it but I just I didn't want to read it what's the point there yeah. are so many books I want to read <laughs> I know I've gotten to that point myself too when I was younger I used to force myself to finish a book because I felt yeah I- I'm very stubborn Uh, anyway but I felt like I just had to I started it I gave it a chance maybe I bought it I checked it out from the library you know I felt like the book deserved my attention so I needed to finish it but now at this point I'm like no if if I'm not into it I'm not into it and uh yeah there's plenty of other things to read so yeah Yeah, I agree I'm there so I'm curious um you said, you know, you struggle sometimes to find the, the strength to carry all of the books. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that is because they're all hardbacks or if you oh. can just want the paperbacks. Um, I've been, oh boy. my segue radar went off on that <laughs> and I had to wait, wait, wait. I'm like, yep, it's going to come back around. Uh, so I guess what I'm asking is, uh, which which team oh, are yikes. you on? Okay. I, I ask it so dejectedly now because I just <laughs> no expect. pressure. I'm sorry, I I feel like I'm about to be in trouble. Um, I I am team paperback hardcore. I have been my whole life. Um, you're a smart woman, Claire, <laughs> and I like that you're educating the younger folk because you're just gonna grow up a whole like thirty paperback kids. Yeah. So I have like team paper coming through the generations right now. They're gonna be ready. They're gonna be yeah. prepared for team paperback. Thank I mean, you. I can get my whole class on board. There's twenty four of them. It sounds like grooming. You know, they're they're that. prepared. I think you should be letting the children decide what they want to do with their own and their autonomy way of thinking (laughs) they just want to do what I do at this point so if I'm team paperback they'll be with me you know maybe would anyone like to talk about the book or are we just gonna talk about this for the rest of the episode I knew I was gonna be in trouble I'm sorry I'm sorry you you to be fair the paperback version of this book could also cause you an extreme injury if you dropped it on your face yes that is true it's quite large but it's quite like it's quite soft like it does flip quite well it sits quite nicely but it is I mean it is a large book it's huge yeah yeah that's yeah so thanks, thanks for that. Thanks for sorry. Your giant book. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, oh it's awesome. Gosh. We liked it. We should probably talk about Do it. Do you okay. want to tell us about this book? Yeah, I yeah. love it. Would you like to discuss in it in your own words? <laughs> I, I, oh, now she's just yeah, stealing my lines it, too. Taking your line. Fine. Skype go ahead. is a whole new world. In your own words, would you like to tell us what this book is about? Yes, I would love to. So, Night Film uh, is a book about an investigative reporter, Scott McGrath, who um, has previously investigated a filmmaker by the name of Cordova, and um, he was sort of ousted from that investigation in a way. Um, He begins his investigation again when um, Cordova's daughter, Ashley, is, um, is found dead by apparent suicide. 
Um, Scott McGrath is joined by some interesting characters in his investigation, Nora and uh, Hopper, and they work on their own investigation of Cordova. They visit his home, um, and they find out a lot more than what they expected, I guess. I hate to say it that way, but uh, I don't want to give too much away. Um, yeah, that's basically the book. Yeah, it's a hard... <laughs> the thing with this book is, like, it's hard to kind of give spoilers because I still am not quite yeah. sure <laughs> what was real and what was imagined. And it's such a... So I think, can you also... I mean, sorry, just put you on the spot. Like, can you do all of the work? Um, <laughs> can you also, like explain to listeners that haven't seen this book yet like the really cool way that it's put together because for me that was like the most interesting thing to find about it was like it's it's a unique way of putting it together basically this book is full of extras like photos letters police files it's incredible I when I first picked it up I just thought this is the way I want a book to be it's totally immersive. You feel like you're in it all the time. Uh, there were a few times where I felt like, is this real? <laughs> what is this? Are these, these <laughs> movies have to be real. They just seem so real. Um, so I just love how the book is laid out and how all the extras that she included. There's even an app that you could download. I don't know. Oh, if, I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. there's an app you can download, which I did originally when I got the book. Uh, it doesn't work any longer, which makes me so sad. Oh, no. But you can scan the there's um little images of birds. Oh, the birds! In the book. Yeah, cool. And it opens up on your phone, really cool videos and extras. And I I actually took this book to uh, Denver to visit my sister a few years ago, and I was uh, trying to fall asleep, and I was reading, and I was scanning the birds with my phone, and it was just so intense, the videos and things that popped up and I scared myself so bad. I just had to get, <laughs> I had to get out of there. It was just so intense, wow. but I, I just loved it. Yeah. So everything. I, so cool. I had an absolute nightmare getting this book <laughs> into my home. Like, I don't know what the hell happened. I had to order this book. How many times did you order it? I think four or five. Oh. It just kept not existing. <laughs> which then actually, when you then read the book, you're like, whoa, what? what? <laughs> like, was exactly. I in some sort of weird Cordova <laughs> plot thing yes. there? Um, so it kept not existing. So I had to start the book. And I think, I think I was about 150 pages-ish before I actually got a physical copy. Mm. Um, so I had to start, I audio booked the first 150 pages. And okay. let me tell you, that is a very, very different experience. It is. Yeah. And I, and it's also, not, I did, have you listened to the audiobook as well? You, yeah. Have you ever done the audiobook? I actually started this book as a digital copy. So I, okay. I found it in a used bookstore when I, I was, I just started teaching. So I was incredibly broke. I had no money and I just went in to grab a couple things and I found this book, and it's so beautiful, but they were charging way more for it than they should have been for a used book. <laughs> so I left it, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I went home, and I found a digital copy through my library. So that was the first way that I read it, but it wasn't the same. You know, yeah. you couldn't click on anything. I couldn't make the pictures bigger. I just felt like I was outside of it in a way. Yeah. I, I I had exactly the same yeah exactly the same experience and especially because they didn't tell you at any point in the audio they don't say in this often in audio books they say in the section of the book there's this visual that they didn't do that so then I after about a hundred pages found the the digital accompaniment to it accidentally okay. and I was like oh that makes sense but I I didn't know so I did feel really disconnected from it and and was aware that there was more going on than I was getting and so when the book arrived and I flipped through I was like oh okay this is a completely different book to the book that I've been listening to and it does completely change which is not an experience I've I've listened to audiobooks where the narration is not very good um which is one thing but this just completely actually changed the book from 
it was it like does. a completely different story. So the format of this book, I think, is such like it's a character in its own right the way it's laid out the the format that it takes and like you said like a few times I was like is this guy real is this a memoir is this like have I just not heard of this dude (laughs) when I first opened the book because it's it opens with like a quote from Rolling Stone Stanislas Cordova and I was like oh okay thinking you know it's like lots of books have a quote at the beginning that's somewhat unrelated, but like, whatever. And then I open it and it's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Everybody has a Cordova experience yeah. or something. And then I was like, wait. And I actually Googled yes. Stanislas Cordova. Yes. I thought, yeah. oh shit, is this book about some real director that right? I've never heard of? And then realized it was yeah, a character. And I was same. like, oh, yeah. and I was just like gripped yeah. from the yeah, minute. I and I remember saying to Beck, like, oh my God, I love this book. This is so cool. And she was like, I don't really get it. And I'm like, you have to stop audio, like stop listening. Yeah. You just, just wait until you get it because really opening cracking that book open is like an experience it's it's a reading experience it's a journey that you go on and that's so cool like i just i've I've never seen anything like it it's really and i can't believe there was an app too so we didn't even get the full i know it's so disappointing it doesn't work anymore and i've tried updating it but it was through the publisher i think and they haven't updated it but it was it was really cool just a cool way to read a book i love it there's something really interesting with, um, we've spoken about this before, like how, I think it was the Immortalists when we were talking about digital, how books have sort of continued to exist in a digital world and, and that kind of stuff. And this is such a, I was thinking about sort of like young, them young people that spend all their time on their telephones. Um, <laughs> how, you know, we, like obviously the Harry Potter books were a big one for getting people reading again, but this is such a nice way to bring people to reading in a way which is not just, um, you know, chapter by chapter, sit down and read 600 Mm -hmm. pages. Um, That way of, like, bringing in the internet and bringing in apps and bringing all that sort of stuff, which allows you not only to immerse, but it becomes an experience. The actual reading process is an experience. You're not just getting a story. You're so in it. Um, I think it's a great way to get people that are made... I know lots of people that say they don't like reading. I feel like they probably would like reading this because it's not just reading, it's an experience. It feels like when I was reading, and I've read this book at least six times now, that I just want to live in this book. And I know I'm sure people say that all the time, but it's just a book that, that I just, I want to live in. It just has everything that appeals to me. The fact of the movies, the horror films, the investigative reporting, all of that just appeals to me so much. And people have really taken this book and made really cool things. Someone made, like movie posters for all of the Cordova films that you can find online. It's, it's super cool. And I've just kind of gone down previously into a wormhole of this book because I love it so much and I want to live in it. Uh, It's just really cool. Well, yeah. Cause in the, in the book, I mean, I think the thing that I love most about this book and like, I mean, there's so it's it's such a crazy thing. Like, but um, I love how the author, like, the um, attention to detail. Like, she has created a world. Mm-hmm. Like, she has thought so deeply. I think. I, well, I was watching a couple of interviews with her today, um, mainly just to figure out how to pronounce yeah. her name correctly, <laughs> just in case. Um, but apparently she actually came up before she started, she had the idea for the book and she, before she started writing it, she was coming up with the plots for the films Mm -hmm. and people were like, why don't like, what are you doing? She was just like, she, she wanted to create the background of every single character. Like it's, I mean, I've never, I don't know that I've read a book where I've noticed so much like, holy shit. Like every one of these characters has a past that has been so carefully considered and created like it's not like every character has so much it's so rich because she's put so much thought into it at some point some points I thought maybe too much because there's a lot like you probably could have cut a little bit of that and still had an amazing book so sometimes I was just like Jesus like where are we going (laughs) with this but I love I love that like this world feels so real it does it really does and all of the effort into all of the work that she did into creating all the videos and things that you can access online the letters the police files 
the photos, everything. I'm just constantly amazed by it every time I open this book. It's just, it's just incredible. I can't believe that she created all of this. And it just seems so real. There were so many times that I, like you said, had to Google things because I thought this must be real. There's no way this is fiction. But it's just an incredible story that way, I guess. It's a lot of work, isn't it? And I I, yeah. I wonder when she fits in her French horn practice. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because she's like, she's not, a, <laughs> she hasn't just written you a story. She's also gone and done forensic files and all of this stuff and videos and apps and all of this and yeah. she's got accounting to do and it like it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff I'm very lazy and I like, <laughs> me too you Same. know <laughs> Marisha you need to tweet like uh, when do you sleep yeah. do you sleep I don't, Maybe she she could, I don't know how she, she did could it. She could share her schedule for everyone that's now self-isolating and needs a routine. She'd be like, right, I get up at 3 o'clock and I work until 2.59 a.m. <laughs> then I do it all again. <laughs> you know, she runs a Facebook group that I'm a part of. Um, and I'll ha- maybe I'll ask her. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah. Can I have your daily schedule? When I, does she fit it all in? I don't know. And she's <laughs> written two other books uh, that are... I mean, she's written a young adult book. It, What's it's not, that title that's really amazing? It's Special not Topics as, in Calamity yeah, Physics. Yeah, that's her other adult fiction book. It's huge as well. I have it. It's sitting on my bed. But um, her other is a young adult fiction, which is great as well. It's not as hefty, but I don't know how she does all of it. I don't understand. Well, and think about this. If now she's in isolation like the rest of yeah. us, what is she going to come up with? <laughs> I know. I've been waiting for a new book from her for like the last two years. It's like, come on. So, uh, Cordova, apparently she based Cordova on um, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, I can see that. Which I I didn't know, like, I mean, this is also once again coming from like a very brief, I think it was a Waterstones uh, YouTube clip talking about the book. And she, I guess, studied him a lot. And apparently, like, he was like the... Cordova like the actors would come and like live on his mm-hmm. like estate when they were filming things and really immerse themselves in the world and there was a ton of mystery about kind of like who he was as a person and like what his private life was like so I I didn't realize that which I thought was like really really interesting because the the character of Cordova is so fast like you get you just get sucked into that like wanting to know that mystery mm-hmm. and, and like wanting to know like who he is this this mystical character and uh and I found it really interesting to see that it was based on a real life human yeah I thought that was too and especially when they start to mention sort of the signature shot in the movie focused on the eye and sort of describing it that way and I realized it may have been based on him at least parts of it um but we've talked about this already, but I just couldn't believe that this person didn't actually exist. There's just so much to him. He feels so real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the fact that even when I did Google him to see if he was real, it took me a minute because there's, there's articles. And like you said, like, I mean, obviously you've kind of been in the community online that has done all of these extra things, Mm -hmm. but like a lot of shit comes up when you Google Stanislas Cordova. So I'm like, oh, he is real. Oh no, he's, nope. He is still a fictional character, (laughs) but he's almost become real because she created him. Uh, in the way that she did I'm actually really curious well and it almost seems to mirror it because in the so in the book one of the uh, tools that she uses one of these kind of more interesting like little additional things is the Cordova fans have like an online forum Mm -hmm. that you have to like get into called the blackboards where they post tons of theories and like uh, all sorts of stuff so it seems like that's almost become like a real life thing where people are like creating this world yeah it seems to be I also really liked though like because there's all of that stuff so there's all like the new obviously very very hyper modern digital immersive stuff but then I also just liked Scott McGrath is like the most old school like detective kind of traditional American (laughs) detective story name isn't it like you literally like you can't get more old American grumpy detectives and Scott McGrath. Yeah. Um, and I liked those two things together because it did then also feel just like a really, like, 
crime genre detective novel. It felt really familiar in that way. And at the same time, you had these really unfamiliar things. And I, I liked how those two things worked together. I do too. Yeah, I like how it's, how he is very old school in his approach. And he sort of, without his control, <laughs> brings on Nora and, and Hopper. But it's almost like film noir in a way, yeah. in some ways. It's almost like kind of campy, which I really like. There are certain things that he says. And like the only thing that's popping in my head is when him and Nora call each other Woodward and Bernstein. And Bernstein. Yeah, yeah, it's like... I don't know. It's just sort of campy in a way. And I really like that about the book. But then it's also totally immersive and 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 serious at times. But, you know, it just it it just sort of wavers between different genres, I feel like, which I like. Yeah, I was I kind of I, I wanted to talk about Nora and Hopper because, yeah, you say kind of you start off the story and it's Scott McGrath and he's, you know, I'm drinking a ton of whiskey because I'm an out of work investigative journalist <laughs> and duh, 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 like laps on the rocks, whatever. Um, but that so it, it could very predictable, predictably go a certain way. But then you get introduced these two bizarro humans that make it a bit more of a romp at times. Like it yeah. feels like a bit more of like there's a comedic element that comes into play because Nora is a very weird character. <laughs> um, and and at first I didn't like her. At first I found her really obnoxious, which I think so did he. And that's mm -hmm. the point. <laughs> but I grew to like find her so endearing as the book went on and you kind of grow to love this as, as does he. Scott at mm -hmm. first is like, I do not want other people. I work alone what is this? And then these two kind of barnacles attach themselves <laughs> to him. Um, but it becomes this sort of weird dysfunctional family. And I kind of like didn't expect to be so endeared to them, uh, which I suppose neither did he. So I, I, I yeah. guess job done. <laughs> yeah. But I love that part about the book too. And Nora is such a strange character, but I love all of her little quirks, the, the bird Septimus and, all of her hand-me-down clothes and the time that she spent at the, you know, elderly nursing home and uh, just the way that she talks and does things. And I, I think I was drawn to her first. I did like her at first, but my sister's name is Nora. So uh, there was a little attachment there, yeah. but um, then of course grew to, love her as the story went on even more i think hopper for me was the one that i didn't like at first yeah i agree uh, yeah in many ways but sort of grew to maybe not love him but at least appreciate him yeah in a way throughout yeah. the story but yeah he was he i guess he was a necessary character to tie uh, tie everything a little closer to <laughs> to the cordova family and to ashley's history but yeah i didn't find him terribly likable most of the way through. <laughs> yeah, he was just kind of, I don't, I found myself asking many times, like, what is he doing? And so stupid. Yeah. You know, and just being kind of cold in certain ways and then just disappearing. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. to, to be honest, he, he was also the character I figured I'd probably date that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a bit of an asshole, a bit rugged, rough around the edges. It's yeah, it's perfect. Probably. Sounds great. <laughs> Just put, give him a guitar and I'm, I'm in, I'm there. <laughs> Sorry, that just got Very too true. personal. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. He, I, he annoyed me. Um, I did like the, how I can't, one of you said earlier something about, um, it's sort of wor wormholes, right? I think I said wormhole when I mentioned going online and finding yeah and then you end up going into kind of, cool i knew i yes. was right um yeah so i know because it just in my head and then we were talking about the characters as well uh i feel like this whole book is going down a wormhole and i felt like that for both the characters as well like you start on very surface especially with nora more so with nora like you start very much on this surface level and then you just be, once you're attached to her or rather once she attaches to you you're just like sucked in <laughs> and you can't get out and every, even though you try and pull away you're just in it and the same is true for Scott like he just he 
you know, one minute he's like, oh, that might be interesting. And the next he's fallen so far down this wormhole that there's no way yes. of getting out if he wants to. And then Hopper is kind of it as well. And like, I, if, I quite like that that then has become what the community is, that it's yeah. spiraled off into its own kind of little caverns of, of you know, dark spaces that go on and on forever, because that felt like that's what the book, which I think is why it's so long, because it's yeah. like, it doesn't, it's not simply like A, B, C, the end. It's like, oh, no, A, but A minus, and then A plus this is that. And like, it almost felt like, it felt like it ended several yeah. times. Yes. It felt like, okay, this is wrapping itself up. Wait, right. what? Yeah. And the end itself, yeah. which once we're done the episode, I'm sorry, can we have like a little tiny sidebar <laughs> yes, about please. that? Because please. I just need to talk about that with someone. Um but yeah, you kind of think everything's wrapped itself up. You think you know what's gone on. Yeah. And then suddenly you're like hit in the side of the head with a double-decker right. bus. Yeah. Um, and I mean, which is very Cordova. It is. <laughs> Once again, change. he appears to be a real person. Yeah. Right. He's controlling everything all the time. It's it, you know, it drags you into madness. And if you don't stop and like, and it is that we can't. I myself have sat on the internet to look for one thing and five hours later I'm like, uh oh <laughs> I'm still here <laughs> because you just you once you completely give yourself over to whatever the thing is and it can be a big thing or it can be a small thing, then before you know it time is gone. And that's what happens yeah. to every character in this. Every even the ones right. that we don't meet, like that's what happens. It just you give yourself over to it whatever it is and you are gone and you can't come back and when you get back to that person they're a different person and that felt to me like right. the theme of of the book like obviously there's you know that character the character development and the story but like the theme felt like if you give yourself over to something and you you don't hold on to whatever that anchor point is then bye like you, yeah. you're kind of fucked and these people are like permanently changed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. after working with Cordova or investigating him or being somehow in his circle or outer circle or outer, outer circle, they're permanently changed by him. Yeah. And even the people, I don't want to, I don't want to give a spoiler, but at the end of the book, when things kind of start wrapping up and like what happens to all these people, it's like everyone is connected and everyone is just permanently changed by this person in some way or another whether they were in his movie or not yeah. it doesn't even matter you, you will they're, never they're get permanently back changed it's you, you yeah you can't and like yeah there some of those characters that had the tiniest interaction with this world and with that person like they never get back to themselves because they they did even for 30 seconds give themselves over to this this person this persona this charisma this whatever you want to call it and they just can't get back to themselves and they're, they're gone and right. that has taken their whole life and like that by the time you get to the end of this book it's like oh is this story about this girl that commits suicide or is it actually about how all these people are affected by this one mind this one person because they can't get back to themselves and everyone in some small way has lost you know their life in like to varying degrees well, and even yeah. Scott's daughter, I mean, to an extent, I mean, she's not involved at all. She just had a, you know, chance interaction with Ashley and and things were changed for her in many ways. And she's not connected to Cordova in any way, yeah. but in some way she is through her dad. And she may have even run into Ashley on her own without the connection to her dad. I don't know, but. It's it's crazy how all everyone's connected and everyone's changed by him in some way throughout the book. It's absolutely mental, and it's very um, and and rightfully so, I, I guess, because of the kind of nature of what he does. But the book does feel very cinematic, like very like I found myself even halfway through it. I've recommended it to to people like so. My flatmate, for example, he's a screenwriter. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just like, you have to read this book. And he's like, oh, yeah, audiobook. And I was like, no, like, no. you have to experience this <laughs> yeah. book. Yes. Um, like, once I told him, I'm like, this is the way it's laid out. He was like, oh, my God, that's so interesting. And and because he's also, like, has makes films, I thought, mm -hmm. like, you're there's no way you're not going to be, like, completely gripped by this. But it is so, so cinematic and so, it's just such a, like, I would... 
I wonder, do you think they'll make it into a film? Is there there, any... there are rumors, actually. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I tried. But it'll only be played, like, in a tunnel under somewhere right. at night if you get the secret <laughs> signal. In the catacombs, <laughs> you know, if you get the secret signal. Only. Yeah. Uh, only certain people. Yeah, I don't know. There's rumors, I guess, that they're making a film. Um, I've inquired about it and received no response. So Ooh. who knows? It is listed on IMDb as oh. like in pre-production. But I can't imagine what they would do with this as a movie, though. Yeah, I wonder, like, because it does feel cinematic. But at the same time, like, even in saying that, I'm like, how would you translate this to screen because yeah. I, I really do think it like lives in here like in this experience and in the the, the kind of multi multi it is already sort of a multimedia right thing so I do wonder maybe it would ruin it maybe it wouldn't be good I know I was I thinking that too it might be ruined by uh, making a movie I don't know I guess hard with, to say. with the book like you kind of become one of Scott's sidekicks don't you because you're kind of you have Hit, have all the stuff yourself you can look through yeah. those the internet posts you can look through the files and it's kind of like you're on his team whereas if i don't know how you would be able to do because in a film you'd be observing it which is a very different experience to being immersed in part of it so i don't know how they'd do that it would almost be better as like adapted if there were any adaptation into some sort of like interactive online game or you know some Something in that realm where you can you can, you can be in it yourself, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's half of the thing is you feel like you're you're investigating it as well, right? And you get your own theories and and you're kind of trying to put things together while you're going through it. That's what I love about it, and I felt like I when I was reading it the first time, I felt like I almost had to take notes, like I was solving a case. <laughs> I wish I'd taken like, notes. This is. <laughs> This is important. I need to take notes. You know, I felt like I was just in it. Like I'm part of this, so I need to pay attention. Yeah. And I think I'm I'm a pretty fast reader. I go through books pretty quickly, which is why I tend to go for longer books if I can. And it took me a while the first time when I read it because I felt like I going back and rereading, underlining things, highlighting, which I don't do in books normally. So, I felt like I was I had to pay attention and I like this is on me I have to solve this yeah and there is <laughs> a important. test at the end so it is advised <laughs> that you do take notes it's important yeah because <laughs> uh yeah but you have to pass an exam and and solve yeah it's worth like 25 percent of your yeah. grade so you have to pay attention there actually is no ending to the book unless you solve it so it's like right it's really important so frustrating it's really important you bring a highlighter to this reading experience so many people haven't solved it and so it just doesn't matter like, they what is this Book? why is there no end <laughs> like dude you messed up the exam <laughs> you, you are failed. Scott McGrath <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I so I mean I found myself as I mentioned like recommending this to the people that I normally kind of wouldn't recommend not recommend books to obviously <laughs> don't I recommend read. books to everyone but like but not no but not my usual kind of suspects because it I'm like oh my god film lovers need to read this yeah. so, you know it, it like felt like that so I'm curious to know like who you would recommend this book to and why well I've recommended this book quite a bit as well but I don't you guys are the first ones that have read it so thanks <laughs> um, seriously yes have I recommend books a lot but no, they're not on board with the night film. Oh, guys. But no one has in read a few it. Years. In a, yeah, they need some time. Uh, Is it because really they long. saw the they saw the sheer size of it and said, yeah, no, that's no, I'm as tall as I am." <laughs> yeah, they're like, "No thanks." Um, but I would recommend this book to anybody really. Uh, because I have tried to <laughs> and no one will read it. Uh, in fact, it's the book that when I tell my mom about it and she goes, oh yeah, that book. Like she knows what I'm talking about, but she won't read it. And I've told her so many times, like you have to read this book, you have to read it. And I think she finally got a digital copy, but it wasn't, I, I said, it's not going to be the yeah. same. So at some point I just need to hand over my, my big hardback yeah. and give her a chance. Sit her to down read it, but... and, and stand over her. And if you give her the hardback version, the weight it. of it will pin her to her chair so she won't be able to get up in any way. I know. And it's totally not her. It doesn't, 
involve her interests, this book, in any way. But I just think it's so incredible in the format, the way it's laid out, the genre, how it kind of changes throughout the book. But this book sort of ticks all the boxes for me in many ways. I love horror movies. Um, I'm sort of a film buff. I hate to say that. It's kind of nerdy, but I am. And so this really ticks all the boxes for me. So I would recommend this to anyone who loves horror movies, who loves movies in general, who loves sort of um, maybe a multimedia experience, maybe someone who likes games. I don't know. It just feels so immersive. I think you just have to really be in it to see what it is, to see what it's about. Um, I would also recommend it to people who like true crime. There's part of that in this as well, um, which I think is super interesting and is sort of how I stumbled upon it myself. So I think it's a good book for people that think they don't like reading because of that, like yeah. that immersive. Like you say, like people that like games, I think, especially people that because games are narratives and I think people always really forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's if you really, really like games and you think, oh, I don't like books like this is 100 percent the book for you. Absolutely. It feels like a game. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. just, you're part of it. You're in it. Yeah. I think you, it would be easy to be intimidated by the size of it, but yes. once you, once you're in, like literally, this is definitely a first pager. <laughs> like, I'm like, who's Stanislas Cordova? <laughs> now I must know. It, yeah. I will take the 600 page journey to actually never figure that out. <laughs> right. I know. I know. It's just like, oh, well, you thought, you thought you were going to find out. No. Sorry. I think like, that a lot of this book is you have done some thinking. <laughs> just be at peace with that. Like, yeah. It's like, good job. You did a good job. Now we're done. It's about yeah. the journey, not See you the destination, later. right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you for, I'd never heard of this. Yeah. No, um, me neither. We'd never so like thank you so much for introducing this craziness to us because well, it's thank such you for an adventure. It. Like I said, <laughs> you're welcome. I've Apparently recommended it thing. so many times, and you guys are the first two to pick it up. Have you got to a point well, of stopping people on the street yet and being like, "Read this book." <laughs> Honestly, that might be my next step. I just love it so much. Well, here's the thing, my my mom. Hi, Gail. <laughs> Got to bring her up in every episode. Hi, Gail. Uh, my mom has been trying to read along, so you may get another oh, one. But Yay. hopefully, some some of the listeners will be intrigued enough by this conversation, which I feel like I hope so. I would want to know what is this crazy experience? I've read it about crazy. this conversation. I mean, I, I, yeah. I would have read it before the conversation, or it would have been a very different <laughs> conversation. But I definitely would read it after the conversation as well. Yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely intense. It's a whole different kind of book. So I think everyone should check it out if they can. Yeah. Don't audiobook awesome. it. Like no, do not no, audio no, honestly, no. like that's I, I'm a big fan of audiobooks. They can be amazing. This is not a book to yes. audiobook. Um <clears throat> no. it at all. Um and no fault of the narrator or anyone else. It's just it you really do you need the physical copy of this book in your hand. So don't you know, because especially it's big as well, and I know a lot of people will be like, that's really large, I'll, I'll audiobook it you will just not get the same experience. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. You have to hold it in your hands as much as it pains me to hold a hardback. <laughs> you have to. You have to. You have to. Yeah. Arthritis claw with this big <sighs> people or nothing, basically. Yes. And if anybody in the UK, well, I guess no one's going to be in the bookshops right now, but uh, <laughs> if at any point anyone finds a hardback copy please tell me because I desperately want one now um <laughs> and I couldn't world of books didn't have one yeah so it's so beautiful to... yeah I want the hardback I yeah. mean this is nice the but... paperback is nice yeah but the hardback is so pretty it's so pretty see look she said something nice about hardbacks <laughs> I did I did just the one vaguely that's, that's all you'll get from me and only because just she really one. likes the book I'll take it mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all. It's shiny. It's shiny. I mean, shiny. Yeah, yeah shiny helps. Shiny. <laughs> I'm not. So I'm not mad. <laughs> so before we finish up, um, I'm so excited to hear what quote you have chosen from this book because there's 600 pages worth. Yes. Uh, so can you can you lay it on us? Yes, I'm so excited. I had a hard time choosing. Uh, my book is full of post-its, as you saw. Wow. But Insane. um. This is this is my favorite one, so I hope you like it. All right. I didn't know the end or what I'd find when it was over. If I'd stare at the rubble and recognize his story as one of evil or fallen grace, 
or if I'd see myself in all he'd done, trying to save his daughter in his insatiable need to stretch life as far as it would go, risking it breaking. Somehow I sensed as soon as he told me he'd find a way to be gone, faster than the wind across a field. I'd wake up somewhere far away, wondering if I'd imagined it, if he'd been here at all, inside this quiet house poised at the edge of the world. The one thing I did know, as I stepped toward him, was that he was going to sit down beside me and tell me his truth, and I would listen. Nice. And um, that just reminds <laughs> me that somehow we've gone this whole hour without mentioning the writing in this book, and like, is wonderful so you know we're, is, like truly. we've talked a lot about how immersive and interesting the format is but like the actual just basic prose like the, the bare bones skill of it's writing so beautiful um, there's is. some wonderful lines in this um and yeah you can even if you're you know i don't know if you read this book if you were going to be annoyed by some of those like multimedia type things of it but even if that's not your thing there is a lot yeah. to find in this book which is just enjoyable storytelling and just good writing. Um, there is. So there is something in it yeah. for everyone. Like <laughs> not just not just people that want a bit of an immersive experience. It is um, right. It's a beautiful. It is so beautiful. Yeah, her writing is beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check out her other books. Um, yes. Because yeah, I was I was. Yeah, I had the same thought when you were reading that quote. I was like, oh, yeah, we haven't <laughs> mentioned, like, which is normally the first thing I talk about is prose. She's just a beautiful writer. She, she has a gorgeous way with words of of creating that sort of visual kind of experience and, and just, yeah, just really rich writing. Um, so it doesn't feel like that kind of like a dry kind of crime novel. Like right. there's so much beauty in it as well. There is so much, which is, yes a lovely balance to have like you're feeling suspense and all this but also at the same time there's these moments of just like oh wow she put that in such a way like oh you'd like kind of pause and say like oh yeah. I would like take a picture and send it to Beth yes and she'd be like yeah she's got away with words this one <laughs> yeah the way she describes things there were so many things that I underlined and highlighted and just the description of even like a diner the outside of a diner or uh, I don't know the descriptions of the of Cordova's estate, the peak when they're there. I think that's one of my favorite parts of the whole book is when he is when Scott is stuck in the warehouse with all of the film sets, the old film sets. I just I want to live in that part of the book. I just want to like set up camp and just stay there for a while. It's my favorite part and the way that the sets are structured with everything so I mean, just the way that it was when they filmed, I just amazing. So the way that she writes that, like I said, I just want to live there. It's amazing and beautiful. <laughs> and you just feel like you're right there with him, which I love so much. It's not every day that you find a book that you want to like crawl inside yeah. of and live in. Yeah. So I like really get, I get that feeling. Um, and I fully understand it. And it's not like you can love a book without wanting to be in right. it. Do you know what right. I mean? Exactly. If it's really beautifully written or whatever, like I can love Angela Carter's bloody chamber you don't without want to wanting cool to be, <laughs> I don't want to live in there at no, all, really. no. even though it's beautifully written. So you want to crawl so away in the other direction, but you want to hear about run. it later from someone else. <laughs> yes, exactly right. So I think, um, I think that's a really special find when you can find a book that like touches you that much that you just really want to, you want it to be real. It yes. feels real and you want to like be completely engulfed in it. And I'm so big on atmosphere when I'm reading a book. It, If the atmosphere doesn't catch me, the setting doesn't catch me, I usually won't read it. I'm just big on how this book makes me feel. And I want to feel like I'm there. And this book is, this book does that in so many ways. And I think that's why I do just want to crawl into this book as much as some parts of it are scary and <laughs> crazy and terrifying um I, the greenhouse is popping into my mind of course at the estate but as scary as that is and as crazy as the whole part after is I just I just want to live in this book so bad <laughs> but this is the thing right this this podcast is equally about really great books but more so about our experience yeah. of them and why we love them so much right. so I think like you've you've we've kind of turned We've now discussed both sides of that, and uh, it just feels like a really, 
beautifully wrapped up little little package. Oh, so thank so you glad. so so much. This has been such a great conversation. Oh, thank you guys. And we're we're just so happy that uh, that you came and talked oh, to me us too. About it. Me too. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. Is there any um anywhere like online that you want to shout out or any uh, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere people can follow oh, you? Oh gosh, yeah, of course. Um I am on Twitter. And Instagram, and my handle is a very dorky Harry Potter joke. So it is Nevada, which is the state that I live, N-E-V-A-D-A underscore Kedavra, K-E-D-A-V-R-A. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at both of those. So, um, yeah, hit me up. Yeah, hopefully some people will listen, read the book, and then tell you, hey, another person read it. Because people either love it or they hate it. Claire, thank you so much. This has oh, been so exciting and so fun. So fun. And God, God willing, we've recorded yeah. this entire thing and everyone I else can do it. I hope so. Yes. And like the most immersive book to do our weirdly immersive podcast. So we've done it. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> we've great. We've done it right. <laughs> I'm so glad. This was very fun. Awesome. Thank you Good. guys. This has been so yeah, fun. And thank you for your book. Thank you so much. Um, if you would like to come on the podcast and share with us a book that you love of any genre, any style, any format, as long as it's paper, um, then apply on the website, fill out the form, tell us what the book is, tell us why you love it. Oh, yapod.com, by the way. That's the, that's the website. <laughs> and you can find us on social media uh twitter at yow pod instagram at yow pod join our facebook group get in the conversation with us um we would love it if you uh subscribe uh rate and review that really helps other people to figure out what the heck it is we're about um <laughs> and uh, and yes, of course, if you like what you hear, um, we have a Patreon. You can donate as much or as little as you want. You can get yourself some bonus goodies and some bonus content. So we really hope to see you there. That's patreon.com slash yowpod. So thank you so much for listening, as always. And stay safe, take care of each other, and we will speak to you very soon. Bye. Bye. Your Own Words is hosted by Alison Dunnings and Becky Graham. It is recorded in London at the Pitch Room in Runway East, Soho. Theme song by Natasha Pasternak. Read along with us at yowpod.com. <laughs>